Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Tipsy Ghost. We're your tipsy, kind of moderately tipsy at this point. We're working on it. Sarah, Sarah, and Lindsay. Hi. 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 Was that our intro, really? It was. Okay. Hey. Back off. Okay. We have, um, (laughs) now we have two drinks here that Boyston made for us. You want to tell us a little bit about them? Yes. One is called the Devil's Margarita. It is strong. It's a margarita with a wine floater. Fun fact. I about took a drink and I said, this smells like wine. She You're such goes, a connoisseur. There's no wine in there. It's it's a margarita. There's tequila topped with wine. <laughs> so there's wine in there. Yes, I'm such a wine connoisseur. It is strong. I was like, are you trying to kill me here? And yeah, huh. I don't think it's that strong, but here we are. You um, can hold your liquor a lot better than I can. It's not about holding this. it. It's about drinking it. And I okay. think it tastes fine. Drinking leads to holding. Okay. But it has to pass, <laughs> pass your mouth to get into your gullet. Right? Okay. <laughs> Gross. Okay. gullet. This is, is it weird that it tastes kind of like cinnamon to me when I'm drinking? <laughs> oh, God. here is a mic here. <laughs> It's never moved. <laughs> I aspirated as I was drinking. Sorry. Weird. You aspirated your drink? <laughs> I think you need a speech why. therapy console. What? <laughs> Wall of study. <laughs> Middle finger in the air. Towards you, my dear. Middle fingers up. <laughs> What's the okay. second drink that you've got for us? Uh, it is called a Bloody Bellini. And no, there's no peach. It's ras- <clears throat> raspberry puree and oh, Prosecco. This is our musical episode. Ooh, <laughs> I that's good. That's why I like it so much. Raspberry puree. I love raspberry. No, you have to sing it. What does Bellini raspberry mean? Raspberry puree. Mm-mm. Puree? Puree. <laughs> puree. Like a beret? Puree. There it is. Puree. <laughs> What were you saying? I don't even remember. Your what name. does Bellini mean? I have no idea. Uh, it's something in Italian. I thought it. Meant, <laughs> that's what I, was I thought it say. meant. Peach. <laughs> no, that's called a peach Bellini, and that's what makes it peach. Is Let the peach? Us Google that. Let me do it because you'll stay on your phone the whole time. Google that. If you haven't noticed, this is our musical episode. <laughs> We have a lot of this. That's what happens when you start drinking, guys. We I get really, musical. Oh, the name Bellini means little beautiful one. Hmm. Okay. That's cute. Yeah. I don't know what that has to do with drinks, but that's cute. It's a little it's beautiful a little drink. Bloody beautiful <laughs> one. It's a bloody beautiful one. Gross. Our theme of the night for drinks is Halloween, because we're getting in the spirit. Which that's true for Sarah and I. Lindsay's new to the game. (laughs) We were just discussing this. Never seen (laughs) the Nightmare Before Christmas, and I just saw Hocus Pocus for the first time last year. (sighs) I just and I explained this all to them. (laughs) We can't comprehend. I my family did not grow up celebrating Halloween. Like I trick or treated until I was probably like six. And then I stopped. You can't even say it. I know. <laughs> don't even know. And then I stopped at six and we didn't do anything. And now I have kids and we go trick-or-treating with them. But let's literally, we started, what, I was 26 when I had them. So 26 for 20 years. I didn't celebrate Halloween. So mm-hmm. I didn't watch movies about it. I mean, I just didn't do it. I mean, I did. I did. I know. <laughs> I, know. I know. Sarah and I both grew up in the Midwest um, and trick-or-treated. Sometimes it was 90 degrees. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it was negative 10. You just it's never nice. know. You just never know. So we you were talking went about. Out regardless. Right. <laughs> we could have the cutest 
Halloween costumes, you could be feeling yourself. You'd be like, I look great in this. And your mom's like, no, you need to wear a jacket under right. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, I don't want to ruin my costume. So you put your costume over your yes. long sleeves. Yes. That's, this is how things went. So yeah, then you start right. trying to think of like long sleeve outfits. I tried once to go as um, Sylvester the cat. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm already imagining this. I'm loving this. My best friend was Tweety Bird. Can you please have a picture of this? If I, I will text her right now and say, can you please find a picture of us? And I will send you guys a picture of me dressed as my Bible characters. <laughs> so I was allowed to dress up as. So spooky. Once I was Nala and my, my brother was Simba. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, you probably won't find this. You'll find it more <laughs> offensive than anything. Oh, goodness. Here we go. I heard, you know, communion crackers. I heard yes. that some people <clears throat> call them Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the two of you. <laughs> oh, my God. I almost passed out. My- <laughs> they are. I don't find that offensive. <laughs> I died laughing whenever I heard that the first time. <laughs> Hilarious. Jesus. Props to that person. <laughs> 100 out of 10 for creativity. I love it. It's very clever. Jesus. <laughs> She's just going to be giggling to herself all night. Jesus. What do they call the wine? We've got a follow up. That's a follow up question. What do they call the wine? What? I don't know. Well, Jesus. Oh. I need something. Okay, clever. sorry. I was thinking about Sylvester and Tweety Bird. <laughs> I was like, what? What cartoons are you watching? Jesus. <laughs> okay. That was a good one. <laughs> you said it. I know, so I can't funny. stop. I can't not laugh about it. Is that on Reddit? No, it was, what they were trying to do is calculate how much Jesus and wine it would take to consume <laughs> the entire body of Christ. So, very, very offensive. Um, but... Is it though? <laughs> then they said Jesus, and I couldn't get past it, so I don't. I don't know the answer. <laughs> is it? I mean, I'm not trying to be rude or ignorant. Is it? Is it offensive? I mean, here's what gives me the idea that it might be offensive. First of all, it's a quote from Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, okay, <laughs> and it says <laughs> never. <laughs> you are laughing about a quote from Jeffrey Dahmer. It says how many? Com- I didn't know that. <laughs> how many communions do you have to do before you've eaten a whole Jesus? And somebody tried to explain it, and they use the word Jesus because he eats people. <laughs> I, I, I know that's why I said it's offensive. But okay, okay. I didn't know that before. I was it laughing. wasn't offensive until you told me it was my Dahmer. <laughs> Jeez, Louise, croutons of Christ, croutons of Christ. What is she? Of Christ. Oh my gosh! I need the name for wine. Stat. It doesn't give me a funny one. <sighs> Do I have wine on my face? <laughs> no. Like a wine mustache? <laughs> no. Funny story. When I, was, when I was little, every picture of me when I was a child is me with a Kool-Aid mustache and just like hair fucking crazy. Did you just drink a lot of Kool-Aid? Yes. But my mom <laughs> only bought sugar-free Kool-Aid. Oh, okay. And I feel like there was like extra dye in there. Just like <laughs> what color mustache did you always have? red always red <laughs> red's the only way to go and like all my school pictures i'm like <laughs> can we please get some old pictures let's let's do this so guys for patreon this week okay. we will upload some pictures of us from halloween way back in the day mm. oh this was costumes. just me like normal day <laughs> i know <laughs> 
I don't know but I really want to see the Sylvester Stallone. I know. <laughs> Stallone! Rocky theme song, like <laughs> Kool Aid mustache. You Adrian. The Kool Aid mustache. I need to see a picture of your Kool Aid mustache. Girl, the Kool Aid mustache trash was strong. My friends made fun of me, like still to this day. They'll be like, "Remember Sarah a Kool Aid mustache? <laughs> Fuck you." <laughs> Subject, okay. I just really liked Kool Aid. <laughs> you know that was good foreshadowing for your future life because you know you like what? true crime and Jonestown and although oh Kool Aid, yeah. Kool-Aid. I was thinking Sylvester Stallone. Okay, I wasn't there. I'm However, here now. However, it was flavored and it was grape. Yes. Oh, so people who say don't drink the Kool Aid, they're all wrong. It was it's actually off-brand Kool Aid. Don't drink the flavor aid. The flavor aid. Yep. And that got the same ring to it, but yeah. I understand. Yeah. Hmm. Kool-Aid. I'm telling her. That's a tie-in to what we're doing this week, guys. We're doing true crime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are we here for? We are here for some true crime. <laughs> Hence all the bloody drinks. Lindsay needs to drink her. Oh, my goodness. Devil's margarita. You I already sound like an <laughs> idiot. And it's hilarious. Let's go. And I have a whole story to do. Well, yeah, well, we maybe, all do. Maybe you won't go first. Lindsay. Oh, you are <gasps> drinking. I Drink. am drinking. She's only drinking her because bloody Bellini. Because that is so strong for me. It's a bloody Bellini it's and like, a devil's you margarita. Know. Okay, me and you are not the same here. You we know that I'm same. a lightweight and I can't hold my liquor. You give me the same drinks <laughs> as you and you're like, what's you drink up? And I'm like, I'm going to be on the floor if I keep up with you. I will be on the floor if I keep up with These you. These are the last two. You don't have to keep up with that. I have that. a third one over here too and I've already had like three. I'll hold it in the fridge for you for next time. It's not going to be good. Listen, princess, <laughs> I made that for you out of my own you alcohol. Drink it. I am drinking it. No, but- you're not. So that's our summary of Halloween and Jesus. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. We're-, we're doing true crime. True crime. <laughs> Fuck you both. I had to burp and I was trying to do it quiet. You were on your phone. Nope. Here's what was happening. That's what you get. I was burping and I knew if I burped out loud, you would fucking include it on the recording. I've done that once. Thank you. Anyways. So I was trying really hard to be quiet. Should we try it again? I know we tried this last time. Yeah. No, I want to try it again. (laughs) Hang on. Hang on. I can't look at anybody. Can we get a countdown? You're taken away from the whole effect. <laughs> What's the effect? Okay, no, no, no. Okay, just... Lindsay, what are we doing tonight? True, True crime. <laughs> no, no, no. Effect it that no, no. That's not how it goes. Okay. Lindsay, okay. Lindsay says, hey, so we're doing true crime tonight. We're doing true we crime tonight. Okay. Hey, we're doing true crime tonight. True crime. There it was. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> I felt really loud. Sorry. <laughs> you should see how big Sarah is smiling right now. She's so glad to be included. <laughs> this is the story of my life. <laughs> should we spin to see who goes first? Spin the wheel. 
Oh, mighty wheel. You're so great. I need to train my laugh so that I have noise when I laugh, not just a wheeze. <laughs> yes, I am first. I kept yeah, saying, hey, do you have my PowerPoint pulled up? And she was like, Lindsay, you're assuming you're going first. Go first. She was assuming. You know what they say when you assume. Didn't make an ass out of you and me, though. Made an ass out of you because I'm going first. You're and making me. an ass out of yourself right now. <laughs> um, and, and I me. think I'm going to fire the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> you need to find okay. a different wheel. I created a PowerPoint for them because there was just so much evidence and pictures I wanted to show them. And so I was like, you know what? We're going to do this. All right. We are going to talk about Robert, Eric, Juan. This is an unsolved murder. You're welcome. Um, All right. Robert was born June 1st, 1974 in New York City. He was a fourth generation Chinese American. He graduated valedictorian of his class from Xavier in high school and went on to College of William and Mary as a James Monroe scholar. There, he met Joseph Price as a senior. They were in several shared activities like honor society and student government leadership positions and became good friends. He looks precious. Mm-hmm. He looks sweet. Mm-hmm. He graduated William and Mary in 1996 and went on to get his law degree with honors from the University of Pennsylvania Law School in 1999. He practiced law and even served as general counsel for the Organization of Chinese Americans, OCA. OCA? OCA? Sure. That's what we're calling it. Okay. 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 (laughs) He married his wife, Catherine Ellen Yu, on June 7th, 2003. Aww. In August 2006, he was working in Washington, D.C. as a lawyer for Radio Free Asia. He lived in Oaktown, Virginia with his wife, Catherine. Why does he have, like, the nicest looking looking smile? No. Aww. This is a sad story. Um, I know. I know. Just let me let me live my peace. <laughs> okay, it's about I'm to happy. It's <laughs> not. So on August second, two thousand and six, he went to stay the night at a house owned by Joseph Price, who was his friend from college, and his domestic partner Victor Zaborski. It was in Washington D.C., and he was staying there because he was working really late that night at work, and instead of commuting all the way back to Virginia, <laughs> he was like, "I'm just going to stay the night at your house and then go to work in the morning." So. Joseph Price lives there with his domestic partner, Victor, and then they also had a polyamorous relationship, and Dylan Ward was involved in this as well. So he lived there, and then they had a fourth roommate, Sarah. She lived in the basement, but she was out of town, so they were like, hey, perfect timing. Robert, you can come sleep in her room while she's out of town. Gotcha. So he got there at around like 1030 at night. They talked a little bit, and then they all went to bed. Dylan says he was in his bed reading. He heard Robert take a shower. And then he fell asleep. And then he supposedly, this is kind of, timelines are a little bit different here, but this is the general story of how they think what happened. Neighbors reported hearing a scream somewhere between 11 to 11.30. So they were watching the 11 o'clock news, and they said it was sometime during that newscast. And it went from 11 to 11.30. So they don't know when. Could be that it was when Victor found Robert. Could be something else. We don't know. At 11.49 p.m., Victor made a 911 call. He said that his friend who was staying the night had been stabbed, requested paramedics. He was very teary during the 911 call, even started, like, hyperventilating almost to a point. And when they asked who stabbed him, he said, I don't know. I think it was an intruder. So they told him, hey, you need to apply pressure to his wounds until EMS gets there. Basic, like, first aid kit. Mm -hmm. Apply pressure to a bleeding wound. wound. So Victor (laughs) says, yeah, Joseph is doing that. EMS arrives at 11.54 p.m., so five minutes later. There were two seasoned EMTs, and they reported that they had never seen anything like this when they walked in the house. 
They said that all three of the residents were very calm. They were in either bathrobes or their underwear and were freshly showered. He said nobody was screaming. Nobody was even like directing us where to go. One of them was quoted as saying, it made the hair on my back stand up. He felt so uncomfortable that he would not even put his back to any of them because he thought they might have a weapon. They arrive. Dylan is just in the hallway with a bathrobe on and they're like, hey, what's going on? Where do we need to go? And he just stares at them and goes back into his room and shuts the door without saying a word. Dylan is on drugs. (laughs) So then they, Victor is like, come here, come here, come here. He's this way. So they follow Victor. They enter into the guest room where where Robert was staying and they see Joseph only in his underwear with his back to the door on the pullout sofa where Robert was laying. And he wasn't even touching him, let alone applying any kind of pressure. So they were like, this is a little weird. So they take him to the ambulance, take him to the ER, all of that stuff. Joseph called Robert's wife on the way. He went to George Washington University Hospital and was pronounced dead at 12.24 a.m. on August 3rd at 32 years old. Here's some of our key players here. So remember, Joseph is his friend Uh who he's known for several years. Victor is his um, partner. Uh Dylan is their polyamorous relationship. Gotcha. They believe that he was restrained, incapacitated, and sexually assaulted before his death. Cause of death, he had three deep stab wounds to his chest, twice in the abdomen, once in the heart. One wound was big enough to fit a finger into, but there was no blood at the crime scene. Hmm. There was very little blood in the room. There was no blood coming from the wounds. This is all per EMS. They were like, there was no blood coming from the wounds. There was some blood on his chest, but it wasn't like flowing from his wounds. More like it was wiped there. Like somebody had trying mm-hmm. to clean it up. Okay. There was a bloodied knife laying on the side table near him. And his body was laid out neatly on a bed with his arms at his side. The bedding was unruffled and folded neatly at a 45 degree angle. There was no signs of a struggle. No defensive wounds on him whatsoever. They said it was like he laid there perfectly still. While he was killed. Some ain't right. But they did determine that the stab wounds killed him because there was blood in his, you guys might be able to speak to this more, his digestive tract. So it shows that he was still alive when he was stabbed. Okay. Like, I guess that. Things were still moving? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. EMS said it looked very wrong and that it looked like he had been stabbed. <laughs> That's what I just said. Some ain't right. <laughs> he had been stabbed, showered, redressed, and placed in the bed. So the three men... Victor, Dylan, and Joseph all met with police initially without their attorneys present. There was video recordings of all of these interviews, and they all basically said this was an intruder. Like, we didn't do it. They reported hearing a scream as well. So they say the scream they heard was Robert. And then they heard their door chime, which Mm -hmm. their door alarm went off, and that's when they went to go investigate. And they said that's when Victor is the one who found him. They said that's when they found him. Dylan said, and all three of their stories lined up, Dylan said he woke up and Victor and Joseph were already in the room over him. So Victor found him. Joseph applied pressure, supposedly, and Victor called 911. Per their story. Gotcha. But again, the timeline is a little messed up because we know it was either 19 minutes before they called EMS, like if it was at 1130, right when the newscast was ending and they called at 1149, or... It could have been right at 11, which was 49 minutes before they called EMS. So who knows what happened during that time period. Okay. Either way, even 19 minutes is a long time. For sure. Back door right there with the locked security gate. That back door is where they said the alarm came off of. They okay. don't remember setting the alarm off that night, but they said it went off anyways. Okay. So then you go inside. They said this was an intruder. 
Mm-hmm. You're going inside, up those stairs. You're passing Dylan's room, yeah. passing the bathroom, and going all the way to the end of the hall, which is the guest room. Supposedly, you know, just stabbing this man, killing him, and sexually assaulting him, and then just leaving and not touching any of the other rooms. Nobody else hears anything. Police are like, this isn't like a typical intruder, home intruder, yeah. home invasion. Like how did they know to go specifically there? To that room and yeah. bypassed all the other bedrooms. Mm-hmm. Nobody heard anything while this guy is being gruesomely stabbed to death and sexually right. assaulted. And then also nothing was stolen. Like his wallet, his phone, everything was still there in the room with him. Yeah. So it's not like a burglary gone wrong or anything like that either. Right. So very weird. Police are like, this is a little fishy. Mm-hmm. And again, there's no defensive wounds on this guy. Yeah. Like, his hands weren't even covered in blood. Like, when you get stabbed, they talked about this in a podcast I listened to. You get stabbed, your hands are automatically going to go to where you were stabbed to try to stop the bleeding. Yeah, or try to defend yourself. Or try sure. to defend yourself or something. There was nothing on him. Yeah. Very weird. Like I said, all three men were spoken to right afterwards. They all claimed innocence. Their stories all lined up. Mm-hmm. Um, they reported hearing a low scream or a breathy grunt. I don't know what that is. so that's what they said got them out of bed they heard the door alarm first and then they thought oh well maybe sarah just came back early and then they heard the scream or the breathy grunt and that's when they got up and found him okay yeah Um, terrible joseph price reports that he found the knife on robert's stomach and he moved it to the bedside table so that way police would find it right and he said something to the effect of i moved the knife so expect to find my DNA on it, but the killer probably <laughs> was wearing gloves, so you won't find their DNA on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who is thinking like that? Uh, somebody who killed their friend. A murderer. Some more suspicious stuff. Like I said, nothing was taken. Everything was there. Police were like, this doesn't feel like a burglary. Like, even if they couldn't carry all the heavy electronic stuff, who leaves a wallet and a phone behind that's literally right next to him? Right. Then EMS found the bloody towel. That was used to help stop bleeding. Remember? He said, apply pressure mm-hmm. to the wounds. And he yeah. said, yeah, Joseph's doing that. Here's the bloody towel. Oh, it's not very bloody. It's Looks like somebody got like a paper cut. Does that look like a something used to stop three massive chest wounds? No. It looks no. like a paper cut. There's Or maybe like a small knife wound. Yeah. In my experience. So... Police looked at this. To- and they're like, <laughs> it looks like they used this towel to like wipe the knife or transfer mm. blood from his body to the knife right so the knife that they found on the bedside table is five and a half inches in length the wounds were four and a half inches deep so they're mm. like someone would have had to stab the body with enough force to stop just one inch away mm. wow and like typically when you're stabbing somebody with as much force as it was like you're burying the knife completely okay so they were like that was a little weird yeah The blood pattern on the knife looks like swipe marks, like they smeared blood onto the blade. Mm -hmm. So there's blood on the sides of the blade, but not on the cutting actual edge of the blade. It's not the same knife. So they're saying that there's no way that could have been used to stab him. On the knife, there was cotton swabs that matched the towel, Mm -hmm. but no gray fibers that matched his t-shirt that he was wearing when he was stabbed. Right. Okay. Gotcha. So police were like, this is a dummy weapon. Like, this is not the actual murder weapon it's using to throw us off. They're like, either they cleaned it first and then staged it again. And they're like, maybe they freaked out. And they're like, oh, I cleaned the knife. And they're like, what are you doing? You can't clean the knife. And so then they try to, like, make it look bloody again. So it looked like it was actually the murder weapon. With you. So the medical examiner and the police concluded that it was a staged knife taken from the kitchen. And that the real murder weapon was missing. 
So police start investigating and looking at all the rooms of the house. And they go to Dylan's room. Because mm-hmm. Dylan is a chef and has a cutlery set. Oh, gosh. Is this another, like, dream catcher of knives? No. I mean, he is a legit chef, so he does have, like, a knife set, which is normal. Above but his bed? Like, not above his bed, just like in his room. Catherine? So there is an empty pocket where a smaller knife should have been that mm-hmm. is four and a half inches long in length. Of course it is. Yeah. The exact length of the wounds, this knife has never been found to this day. Aww. They never found more blood in the house either. Like, there was no blood anywhere whoa for how much he bled so all three men continue to deny any involvement in his marriage they deny any sexual relationship with him they say he was straight and happily married Mm -hmm. all three men attended his funeral joseph price was even a pallbearer because a lot of this stuff was coming out they said you know we're looking at this from years and years and years ago but like a lot of this was coming out it took months for it to come out sure so they weren't really suspecting them at first either Right. Within the first two weeks of the murder, the police did publicly say that the crime scene had obviously been tampered with. Um, because, again, there's, like, no blood anywhere to be found for as massive as his wounds were. Investigators spent more than three weeks examining the townhouse in detail. They removed floor, pieces of the wall, etc. Still couldn't find anything. Three months after Robert's death, Joseph Price's brother and another accomplice burglared. Is that a word? Burglared? Committed a burglary? burglarized burglarized there it is (laughs) their home and took more than seven thousand dollars worth of electronics they were arrested but the charges were ultimately dropped and police revealed that they had been preparing to make an arrest in robert's murder but the burglary derailed these plans Hmm. Hmm. who were they gonna arrest they never said Mm. so here's what the autopsy revealed like i said i know the autopsy revealed obviously he died because of three stab marks in the chest they were all the same stab wounds like the same angle same cut marks same depth everything got it like i said two in the abdomen one in the heart the one in the heart is probably the one that killed him duh um there was some degree of suffocation a blood vessel in his eye had burst which they said Uh. is an indicator of suffocation there was seven tiny puncture (laughs) marks on his neck his chest, his foot, and his hand. That could not be explained by his wife or his doctor. Puncture marks. There was no toxins in his blood, even though the police thought, because of the puncture marks, that he had been subdued with a paralyzing drug. Because remember, Mm -hmm. no defensive marks. They thought maybe he was paralyzed when all of this happened. what if they strangled him first? or, or... Could be. But they said he was alive when he got the chest wounds. But can't you subdue somebody by basically... You can. Making him pass out? You can. With a pillow? You can. I wouldn't know, but. <laughs> <laughs> so there was no toxins in his blood, but they also did not do any testing for any paralytics. Oh, okay. They just did the standard tox screen. Ooh, those are the worst. Yeah. Those paralytics. And they never kept a blood sample to do further tests. Right. So that was kind of Because, again, what, t- what year did you, you say? This was 2006. Oh, man. I feel like that's recent enough. You should know but, better. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of. Especially if you haven't solved the crime. There's right. a lot of not good police work here. Weird. So lack of evidence of struggle led them to believe that he'd be injected by a paralytic agent. He didn't even grab at his chest or where he had been stabbed. They did some swabs from his genitalia, his rectum, his anus, and his thighs to see if he was sexually assaulted. And they found semen at every mm. single place. Mm. That's sad. Guess whose semen it was? Dylan. Robert's <gasps> semen. Robert! <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. Oh, I knew Robert was involved somehow, but Dylan was a weirdo. Robert's the victim. victim. Oh, 
I'm so sorry. He is involved. You're right. <laughs> I met his friend. Joseph. 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 There we go. Yes. Shit. So it's Robert's I'm so sorry, Robert. Own- I didn't mean you. You're, you're the best. <laughs> it's Robert's own semen that was found in all of these places. Okay. Now that's weird. So they searched Dylan's room again, and they found lots of toys and some... They were into the BDSM life. Okay. Totally fine. But there was one toy, which is an electrical shock device or a milking machine that mm-hmm. is used to force someone to ejaculate. Okay. Robert's semen was found on this as well, so they think that they used this on him as part of his own sexual assault, and that's how his mm-hmm. semen got on him. All right. But it was found in Dylan's room. So they were like... I knew it. <laughs> someone took it, used it on him, and then put it back in Dylan's room. Like, that's very weird. So they think what likely happened in order of events, he was given the paralytic first... Then he was sexually assaulted. They attempted to smother him. That didn't work. So then they stabbed him three times. Mm. They, meaning the murderers. Got it. So police bring in cadaver dogs because, again, they're like, where is all the blood? Like, this is so weird. Right. There should be massive amounts yeah, of blood. Yeah, even if they cleaned it up, you should be able there to There should be trace yeah. amounts of it. They found no trace amounts. They said hmm. that at first they found initially with one test, they found like over 100 trace amounts of blood. And they sent those all off to the FBI to be analyzed. And it came back negative for every single one. Mm. They did find blood residue in the dryer lint trap and then also Weird. in the patio drain outside. So uh, maybe someone washed themselves off or dried their wet clothes in the dryer. Remember, all three of them were in bathrobes or underwear and looked freshly showered. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's still a question nobody knows the answer to. Where did the murder happen? Because it didn't happen on the bed. Where did it happen? You know how I feel about unsolves. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so a year later, August 2007... Robert's widow became frustrated with the FBI because, duh. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. She held a press conference for the first time to appeal for public assistance in finding the killer. This was her first public comment on the case. And OCA, the Organization of Chinese Americans, (laughs) also criticized what they called police inaction. So eventually, October 2008, this is two years later, an obstruction of justice charge was filed against Dylan Ward. Dylan, Dylan was living in Miami in a home owned by Joseph, and he had changed his name to Dylan Thomas. Okay. So, so many names. I know. Joseph, Joseph had changed his name to Joseph Anderson. So two of the three men changed their last names. Okay. All three of the men were arrested and charged with obstruction of justice. They were later released pending their trial, and on December 19th, 2008, additional charges of conspiracy were filed against them. Because basically, the police couldn't prove that they killed him, but they figured they were like, you guys are all lying. Something's going on that we don't know. So the affidavit stated, overwhelming evidence far in excess of probable cause that the three men had obstructed justice by altering and orchestrating the crime scene, planting evidence, delaying the reporting of the murder to the authorities, and lying to the police about the true circumstances of the murder, end quote. So they were trying to basically turn the housemates against each other because they didn't have a witness and nobody was talking. They went to trial June 17th, 2010. None of the three of them testified. None of them took the stand. And the judge found them not guilty of charges of conspiracy, obstruction of justice, and tampering with evidence on June 29th, 2010. The judge found them not guilty, but also stated that she believed that the men knew who killed Robert, but she was not convinced beyond a reasonable doubt that they had committed the offenses with which they were charged. That reasonable doubt. I know. So she was like, look, I know you guys probably know what happened, but Mm -hmm. I can't prove it. Right. So there was a civil lawsuit filed um, by, again, his widow, Catherine. Mm -hmm. Um, She filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the three men, largely based on the police affidavit. 
alleged that their negligent failure to rescue him after he was injured, they destroyed evidence, and they had a conspiracy to destroy evidence and obstruct police investigations. The suit settled August 3rd, 2011 for an undisclosed sum. Mm. So it is still unsolved. There has been kind of where these guys are now. Uh, So like I said, two of them have changed their names. Price um, is still practicing law. He lives in Florida where he resides with Victor. Victor works for the same company as he did in D.C. And he is the VP of marketing with his company. And then Ward Dylan here, he lives either in Seattle or Miami. It was kind of hard to figure it out. Because he changed his name as well. And he's a massage therapist and Pilates instructor. It's sad because one of these three men knows what happened that night. Yeah, for sure. And they're all still living their lives. Like, yeah, that's very sad. Happened. Okay. So there has been several scholarships and memorials and Robert's name set up at all the D.C. area law schools and with the OCA. There's a bench and trees that are dedicated to him at his college of William and Mary that say, rest a while and enjoy the wonderful world around you. A reference to his favorite song. What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. Oh, sweet Robert. But nobody knows what happened and he has not received any justice yet. You know how I hate these ones. I know. I think, I mean, it's cliffhangers. I think it's pretty clear to oh, a lot sure. of people what yeah. happened, but they can't prove anything. Because There'll never be any closure. They that. did a very good job of getting rid of a lot of the forensic evidence. Wow. It's like they planned it. And that's kind of like I went in a deep dive off Reddit. (laughs) Yeah. I went in a deep dive off Reddit. Like, was this something they planned for a long time or was this just something impulsively that they just got together really quick? And in those 30 minutes, they came up with the same story and were able to clean everything. Well, I mean, I think that they're smart enough, even in a short time period, to come up with a very quick plan. I mean, one is a vice president of a company. The other one is a lawyer. I mean, they're very intelligent people. Right. 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 Wow. Good and job, Linz. Linda. It's just very sad for Robert and his wife. I feel very bad for his wife. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's a downer. I know. I'm sorry, guys. Drink up. You know I like doing unsolves, though, because I, I just don't. like... I like theories. I like... How many theories? I just... I like closure. Mm. I know. Same. She mm. does it on purpose. Mm. You're welcome. Rude. Okay, are we ready? Ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's this sweet oh. stuff at the bottom? What makes it Is that sweet? the raspberry puree? Oh, I need Boyd's to swirl it around. going second. She's raspberry not going last. Raspberry puree. Now I get it. My streak has broken. I'm so happy for you. Oh, you sound like a... I'm so happy for you. Are we ready for Boydson's true crime edge? I don't think anybody really took the time to appreciate that my streak is over. I'm not last. I right, we I'm so happy for you. I don't you. even know what's happening with the streaks. I said I'm so happy but for I am you. happy for you. Yo. Yeah. <laughs> what are you laughing at me? <laughs> say it, say it higher. You guys sound like me. Oh my god. I'm so happy for you. Almost, almost higher. I'm so happy for you. That's I as high as it gets, Boyston. I, I can't go higher. I have a low voice. <laughs> okay. A man's voice. <laughs> yeah, so um <laughs> here we are. We're getting worse. <laughs> I'm glad I went first. <laughs> Right. This is going to be a treat for everyone. <laughs> yes, it is. So remember, Indeed. do you guys remember when we did Zach's episode? Yeah. Yes. And I covered... Loved it. Are you doing Dr. Death? Oh, sorry. Wait, didn't she I, do Dr. Death? And I, and I covered Dr. Kevorkian, also known as Dr. Death. Yes. Yes. So, no. She's already done okay. that. Well, you did his thing. I didn't that. know if you were going to go more in depth with him. Okay. I, 
I thought she did. Pretty much covered it. You did a great job. Did I? Sounds like apparently we need to go back. Why are we talking about this? (laughs) Apparently we should revisit. Why are we talking about this? What else are you doing? Well, I was trying to tell you. Um, and so at the end of it, we talked about his lawyer, Jeffrey Figer, and some of the cases that. Yes, I talked about it. The Jenny Jones one. Known. And I promised to do not the Jenny Jones one. Damn (laughs) it. You tried. I remembered him from that one. You guys are doing so great. (laughs) Jenny Jones murder. I promised to do one that Lindsay had never heard of because I wanted her to hear about it. Yes. Okay. The Kanika Jenkins case. I do not know about this. Okay, no. Uh, no. Mm -mm. I'm excited. Something new. Let's do it. Yeah. Something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. I was That's back great. up a little bit late, but I was there for that you. That was super great. Thank you. A little late, but you were there. Thank you. So this one, I, I, I mean, it's recent, like 2017, and mm. I actually followed it in the super moment. Um, so let's just do it. I am so excited. Let's do it. Okay. I love recent cases. Mm. PowerPoint, yes. Okay. okay I is. feel like her picture looks very familiar. I think you might, like, start to remember. Yeah. It looks it's familiar. very recent. There's lots of, like, online theories and things. So, I don't know. You might have stumbled across <clears> it <throat> okay. here or there. I think I just stumbled across it the other day, actually. <laughs> oh, well, did you? I did, but I'm I'm going to tell you about it afterwards, if I remember. Perfect. <laughs> Was that your inner demon? <laughs> she, like, forces her burps out. <laughs> sounds weird. But I keep my mouth closed while I do them. Is that Does the make it okay? <laughs> it Otherwise, weird. they'd be way louder. I think you just got to let it out. Otherwise, it sounds yeah. like... Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So, during the early morning hours of Saturday, September 9th, 2017, 19-year-old Kanika Jenkins went out with friends to a party at the Crown Plaza Hotel, which is in Rosemont, a suburb of Chicago. So, it's a hotel party, and there were guys, and there were girls, and there was alcohol, and there was social media. Uh, social media, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that bitch, she's everywhere. The social meds, several Facebook Whoa. live videos from that night can still be found. And that's mm-hmm. actually what a lot of the theories are based off of, okay. are from these uh, Facebook live videos. But we'll get to that a little that's later. That's kind of cool. <laughs> that, like, people can, like, you know what I'm saying, that, like, people can see things from Facebook live and, like, Facebook live can be used to help solve things. Unless it's not used to help solve things. It's a double-edged sword. It definitely is. Oh, for sure. Social media, for sure, is a double-edged sword. It kind of depends on, you know, in the right hands, yes, I totally agree. It can be be super useful. Yeah. Um, Like seeing the people who were there and all that stuff. Right. But, so, witnesses report seeing Kanika drinking cognac, but don't mention seeing her do any drugs, just all the drinking. And another says that she wasn't really quite acting like herself, but other than that, the party was reportedly uneventful. And then that's basically the end of the facts. There are conflicting stories from here on out. Okay. Um, one says that Kanika and her friends decided to leave just after a couple or a few hours, but on the way out, it was discovered that Kanika's phone and her keys were missing and likely still in the room. So her friends left her in the lobby while they went up to go get her things, and when they came back, she was nowhere to be found. Yeah, never leave a girl behind, y'all. Right. Another version is that Kanika wandered off just from one room to the other looking for her missing keys and her uh, phone in this other hotel room. But either way, her friends never end up seeing her alive again. 
and they notice that she's missing. They search, and when they realize, like, this is a problem, they call her mom. Hmm. And they call her mom around 4 a.m. to tell her that they can't find her, that they have her phone and her keys, and they're sitting in her car. Her mom, Teresa, arrives at the hotel around 5.30 to assist in the search. She goes to the front desk and requests to see surveillance footage and is told she would have to file a missing person's report before she could see it. Mm. Of course. She calls the police and tells the dispatcher that her daughter was out drinking in a hotel and she's now missing and she's really fearful for her safety. And she asks for detectives to come out and look at surveillance footage so that they can help her find her daughter. But dispatch just reassures her and says, I'm sure she'll turn up. Oh my gosh. They, they, I mean, the hotel's not paying attention to her. The police, at least to this point, aren't really taking it seriously. And around noon, Kanika's family is finally allowed to file the missing persons report. You would think that even if they, like, I get they probably can't release it to anybody without, like, a missing persons report. But you would think that they would be reviewing it themselves to try to find her. You'd, you'd think so. Right. So after the uh, missing persons report is filed, the police finally listen and they officially report her missing to hotel management at 1.15 p.m. So we're coming up on about 12 hours almost since she was last seen. And a check of the camera footage focuses on entrances and exits, and it turns up nothing. They kind of just... So she's still in the They kind of just leave. And her, of course, frustrated, Teresa proceeds to go around, knocking on doors around the hotel from top to bottom, find, trying to find anybody that would know what happened to her. When the hotel realizes what she's doing, they call 911 to complain about it, and this draws attention of the police again, and the footage is finally further reviewed. Finally, at 10 p.m., police view footage of the hallways and other areas inside the hotel, and footage shows Jenkins visibly intoxicated, appearing confused as she staggered through the hallways at 3.20 that previous morning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're coming up on almost 24 hours that they're looking at the video. Yeah, about time, but whatever. It's cool. Right. Footage shows her stumbling into an empty kitchen area. Mm -hmm. And the footage really is sad you can mm-hmm. see her visibly intoxicated we looked at it before yeah um yeah. and it's sh- she's like running into walls and almost tripped over the staircase yeah, yeah. It's like she's trying to go in random doorways like she doesn't know what's going she's, on she's confused yeah she doesn't it's know very sad. yeah it's it's very sad it makes her very vulnerable i think for sure so once the police see this and they don't see her exiting the kitchen area They go and investigate, and Kanika Jenkins was pronounced dead at 12.48 a.m. on September 10th when she was found in a locked walk-in freezer Mm. almost 24 hours after her friends noticed her missing. Jeez, please. She was found on her side, her face to the ground, and one shoe was off. There were no signs of trauma other than a scratch on her foot and on her abdomen. Weird. Her blood alcohol content was 0.112, and there were traces of topiramate in her system, so that's Topamax. But as far as her blood alcohol content, it's a a bit. It's over the legal limit, and she's a tiny girl. So, and also... 
She would probably metabolize by then, too, yeah. 24 hours later. It's way later, yeah, definitely. So topiramate, or Topamax, is a medication used primarily for epilepsy and migraines, but it's strange because she was never prescribed this. Uh, Apparently... Topiramate taken with alcohol can enhance the fe- the effects of both and can also hasten the onset of hypothermia. Hmm. Is it? I mean, I've never heard of this. It's like a street drug. Is it I was like, just gonna say, do kids take that as do, like a party? Is drug? that what the kids are doing nowadays? <laughs> is it a street drug? We don't know. I just don't feel like it. I don't I have no idea. Like honestly. it just makes you feel more drunk. Basically, is that what I'm getting? I mean, I guess, but yeah. like, how are kids supposed to know that? You know, that's just a side effect that. People, you know, it's like on the bottle it says don't mix with alcohol. Right. But which you should not miss, mix, miss, mix <laughs> most medications with alcohol. <laughs> true that. True Rule that. of thumb. Don't Lindsay. mix your meds with alcohol. So Got I just it. don't know why Dr. this medication <laughs> would be special, you know? I, so I've just, just never heard strange. of people taking that like at a party. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lindsay, you also didn't celebrate Halloween <laughs> for 20 years. <laughs> This is true. You don't know I don't know how to like. party. I've, I've never I, partied. I with, don't know what the party drugs are. I've never partied with Topa Max. <laughs> Maybe I'm missing out. I don't think so. I don't think you're missing out. Probably not. So the official cause of death was ruled an accident and attributed to alcohol and hypothermia. Mm-hmm, sure. But Kanika's own family, along with hundreds of thousands of armchair sleuths, believe... My favorite people. I love those. <laughs> armchair sleuths. Those are us. <laughs> we all believe foul play was involved. Of 100. course. And yes. there are conspiracy theories around this poor girl's death. So one of the more sinister theories involves the Facebook Live videos. Mm-hmm. The theory is that she was sexually assaulted and the assailant disposed of the body... Uh, viewers believe they could hear what sounded like a woman's moans and screams in the background and that it was Kanika crying out for help. Mm-hmm. Um, they also say that in the reflection of her friend's glasses, they can see her and she just doesn't look right. And at one point they see her friend look into the camera and mouth the word help. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. doesn't bode well for anybody's theories. Right. However, there was no evidence of sexual assault reported, and the mm-hmm. video of the door of the kitchen does not, allegedly, does not show anyone else entering besides Kanika. That's what I was wondering, if it showed someone else going in. Not what was shown to the public. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. there's another entrance. Questions, though. Yeah. Or maybe well, so someone many was questions. already there. Yeah. So another of the darker theories mention Kanika being murdered for her organs. Ooh. Right. And while, Organ harvesting. That took a left turn. <laughs> I mean, I've covered it. I'm I'm all about conspiracies. You're all about the organ harvesting. <laughs> involving organs. However, while black market organs make for an interesting story in any other context, there's zero evidence to support it. Right. Um, she had all her organs, right? <laughs> Uh, supposedly, that's what okay. they say. <laughs> that's what they say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm thinking, I don't like, think anybody actually... Do they have to harvest them within a certain time period before they're well, done? I mean, it would make sense why she was in a freezer, I, I guess. That's what I was thinking, but... Okay, yeah. what if? I don't know, it just... Don't like I it. mean, you guys I, would know that better than me, I just the time frame for theory. harvesting organs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, not really a big Thumbs fan down. of that one. There's a theory Sorry. that accuses her friends of setting her up in exchange for money. Yeah, don't like that at so, all. So, yeah, mm-hmm. another of those Facebook live videos people report hearing money talk and the word two hundred dollars being thrown out over and over again but if her friends set her up for money why were they the ones to raise the red flags being like she's missing something's wrong true like if they were trying to get money out of her they would 
not sound the alarm unless you're trying to not seem suspicious or maybe or they would wait several hours to sound the alarm something yeah no they did it they seemed pretty fast yeah they did i will note though that there were inconsistencies in everybody's stories Uh sure so that doesn't that doesn't bode well um but but, probably all been drinking too mm -hmm. right and partying so so two hundred (laughs) dollars who knows about that (laughs) tote it's strong they were doing the tote Instead of dope, it's taupe. <laughs> Don't it's do straight name. Straight taupe. <laughs> taupe, not dope. <laughs> ten out of ten would not recommend the taupe. No. Don't do the taupe. Okay, oh, we're gosh. done. We're oh, done dear. with the taupe. How we go there? Two, I don't know. $200 <laughs> is reportedly the fine the hotel charges if you lose your parking ticket. Ooh, Some people think, time. you know, like that's a a fee or what could be charged for like sexual favors or whatnot but i i don't know that's Hmm. you don't have personal experience here uh no i'm scheduled though please tell me how much a sexual favor is give me a chart i watch a lot of cops and they cut they kind of lowball i want to list the fees it varies from from service to service that's uh-huh. my guess. Uh-huh. Also uh-huh. from city to city is probably my guess. Probably what you look like, if uh-huh. you have any uh-huh. venereal diseases. <laughs> yes, there's a chart. <laughs> if you're in high demand. I don't know. Yes. I don't know. Lindsay, true. I'll make you a chart. <laughs> okay, thank you. There's a chart coming. That's all I want to know. <laughs> so on the more believable side of the conspiracies, many people believe that the footage was altered. After police released footage of Kanika meandering through the halls, skeptics believe the footage was edited to cover up her murder, and several videos popped up on YouTube suggesting someone else can be seen following Kanika before the angles switch. Some even suggested that the red lines on the footage prove that there's another person in the proximity. Red lines. Red lines. They're motion. A lot of them are motion-activated cameras, and the box where the camera thinks there's motion pops up with a red line around it. Hmm. And if there's two boxes of red lines, people think "Mm, there's got to be two people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How would these internet armchair sleuthers have gotten access to that? Girl, have you seen Don't Fuck With Cats? Yes. They know. Boyd still won't watch it, but I've watched it. They know things. That's true. They do. Just skip over the first episode and then you're golden. That's true. People can hack It's too late. It's already been ruined for me. No, I get that. But it's all about the hackers and they know they know everything. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Sleuths. That's yes. true. I didn't think about that. Okay, continue. Um, so it doesn't help that the freezer locks from the outside, ah, further supporting is. the idea mm-hmm. that she was locked inside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And then finally, the theory that there was a cover-up. So according to Teresa, hotel employees wouldn't check security footage within the first hours of mm-hmm. Kanika going missing. Yeah, right. that was a huge mistake. And when they released the crime scene photos of Kanika's body to the public, the positioning of her body and the disheveled clothing raised, quote, more questions than answers, according to her mom. Hmm. The images show Kanika's shirt lifted up, her pants pulled down slightly, and a shoe missing, as well as those abrasions we already talked about. Right. Kanika's mom and her sister went on the Dr. Oz show, where... Dr. Oz. Oz. Get out of here, Oz. Sorry. (laughs) Lindsay, do you have a problem? Lindsay has feelings. I have... have, Well, because he was... I don't know. I... I what? That's another time. I don't like Dr. <laughs> Phil. So I associate with him with Dr. Phil. And I'm like, is he a real doctor or is he a doctor like how Dr. Phil's a psychologist? Like, the I doctor. Think I mean, I think, I think he's both the most re- mostly real doctor. But... I mean, Dr. Phil is a psychologist, but I'm. 
Have you seen the Dr. Phil show? I mean, I have. I have. He's, he you, ain't doing therapy. Take their, no. <laughs> but you still can't take away the fact that they're Sometimes he gives doctors. a stern talking to. <laughs> no. Okay. That's, you're right, a conversation for another time. Right, exactly. So on the Dr. Oz show. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Dr. Oz. It's mm. mentioned, similar to the Dietzlov Pass uh-huh. story. Oh, we know that story. Yeah, we yeah, do. Sarah did it. Yeah. Dr. Oz attempted to explain why Kanika's clothes could have been affected by hypothermia with a phenomenon called paradoxical undressing. That's what I thought of when you mentioned mm-hmm. her clothes had been, like, yeah. messed up. Right. They did the same thing. With they hypothermia. Did. Basically naked. Yeah. According to Oz, someone suffering fatal hypothermia may feel a rush of heat when they attempt to undress themselves. However, he stated himself, more likely than not, it's not what happened. And it could be a possibility, but he's he's not he's right. not buying it. Right. There apparently was a camera facing the freezer door and somehow it didn't show anything. So either it was broken or off, or maybe the footage is conveniently missing. Mm, right. Because they dun, said that dun, they dun. saw only her going into the freezer. Which mm-hmm. how, how are you going to see only her? But the camera's broken. And it seems like a freezer would not lock from the inside because that would be not a smart way to design that. That's what I'm it thinking. It should be both ways. Like that somebody wouldn't be able to lock themselves in. You think right. they would design it so that that's not possible. Right. Yeah. That's right. what I'm saying too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and also, if there is a camera towards the freezer, why don't we have footage of that? Right. Right. So, further issues. The freezer doors are large and heavy, and her family doesn't believe she would have been able to open them on her own, especially while intoxicated. Mm -hmm. Well, sure. Based off the evidence, the video of her walking around. Yeah, she could barely even walk straight, let alone open Mm -hmm. a heavy door. Right. The delays in the investigation, both by a hotel and the police, yep. mm-hmm. could have contributed to the death. For sure. It's possible that if anybody involved was more diligent and, we can say, caring, mm-hmm. they could have found Kanika in time. Right. And finally, um, this is a big thing, especially on the internet and especially these days with everything that's happened lately, it shouldn't be left unsaid that Rosemont is a suburb of Chicago that has a 4% black population. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So one of the quotes is, if Kanika was white and if this grieving family was white, would the outcome have been different? A hundred percent. Definitely. Right. Like I think it would. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I think she could have been saved. Mm-hmm. I agree. So the family's attorney, our guy, Jeffrey Figer, filed a $50 million lawsuit against the hotel and others. Good for him. And the response to the suit from the Crown Plaza Hotel was this. The death of Kanika Jenkins was a tragedy, but the proximate cause of her death were the unsavory individuals who used a stolen credit card to book a room to host an illegal party, which Miss Jenkins attended. He said those criminals escaped the hotel before police arrived and have never truly been held accountable. This lawsuit has no merit and we will vigorously contest it. Victim blaming. For 100%. sure. 100%. How about you guys look at individuals? Right. It doesn't matter why she was there. <laughs> that it doesn't has matter nothing why to she do was with there. her. It matters that she went missing from their hotel and they did not check. They didn't even acknowledge the that 
at all at all until like three fourths of the way through their statement. Right. And when they did, it was a victim blaming. Yeah, so, they just pushed off no, the mom. And even if that is a hotel policy, like, well, we're not going to check footage until you have a police report. That they would, call the police. I did yeah. not sound like a blanket statement. That sounded very specific towards that. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, I will say I get why they probably can't share their footage until sure. there's a missing person. Sure. But they would be checking it. That's yes. what I'm saying. There there could have been a blanket statement put out there. Right. Like, we're like, ah, oh, that's kind of vague and weird. They probably should do more. But this felt very weird and specific right. towards yeah, like, that group. This is a terrible thing that happened. Right. We, we, we were wrong. We should have. We'll look into this. Yes. Yeah, we're this changes are going to be made. Versus yeah. they just victim blamed and said she shouldn't have been in our hotel in the individuals. first place. If she it was, was in there, fault. she wouldn't she be was there. Yes, yeah. that's exactly it's what exactly happened. exactly what it is. That's so unfortunate. That is very sad. So unfortunate for that mom and that family. Yeah, definitely. It's awful. And I just wish that, you know, everybody involved could have just right. worked faster. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I mean, legitimately, if they had just checked the videos. I mean, like, why is she in the kitchen? And just sent security to go check and see why is she in the kitchen. Definitely. Yeah. They would have found her. So Alive. Many, so many questions. The biggest one being, how did she get locked in there? Mm-hmm. No matter what you say, she did not lock herself from the outside. No. Inside of the freezer, so. No, right. Mm-mm. That sounds like a... Don't like it. No. And if that area is under construction, why does the freezer need to stay on? Yes. If that area is under you. construction, why is the door unlocked mm-hmm. at two in the morning? Yeah. yeah. The lights were all on. It, it's so many questions. Exactly. You know how I feel about unsolves. Thanks a lot. I know. Sorry. We both did unsolves. Yeah. I'm not a fan. Well, technically, the police think it's solved, but well, the, the rest of the world do not. <laughs> Sorry. Armchair detective sure, here. they do. Police, you're wrong. It's not solved. <laughs> right. Right. It's very sad. The family doesn't have closure, therefore I deem it unsolved. I completely agree. Well, I agree, too. I have no closure either about this situation. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this makes me very angry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But my case was so interesting, I had to... Well, her case was interesting, too. Very, very interesting. And I think um, I, I started talking earlier about how I fell down this rabbit hole of Kanika Jenkins. Mm-hmm. It's because I started watching the paranormal studies from Chris Watts. No. Boo. <laughs> I don't know how We this talked happened. about Chris Watts last week. Paranormal? No. Boo. Yeah. Okay. So apparently there are lots him. of paranormal recordings and, and captures in the house from police body cams um, of when they go to investigate the house. They got many, many calls after he was in prison and the, the, every, the family was dead. And they got calls of noises, lights being turned on, yada, yada. So they would come over to the house and investigate. And this on YouTube? It's on YouTube. I might have to look. You even should. though I hate him. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It sucks because it has to do with him. Yeah. But it's pretty creepy. Not going to lie. You can see in one of the videos a little tiny child spirit peeking out from the um, doorway. Like when he's being interviewed by the police, like while she's missing. Oh, my God. No. Yeah. I don't like this. Very spooky. So this would recommend. To... So I was reading in the comments as I do, and somebody sure. said, "If you think this case is messed up, you should read or watch videos on Kanika Jenkins." Mm-hmm. This reminds me of like watching. Elisa Lamb. Yes, it yeah. reminds me of her with the whole hotel and Very just bizarre. acting bizarre. And yeah, that one is knows. still so messed up. I still don't. That, that one, one. I still dive off the deep end and read it about that one, and I've read about so it so many, many times. I just can't. That one's aliens, for sure. It's definitely not. I'll second that. <laughs> I will do a story on it. and it's definitely How did aliens. she end up at the the ceiling and the roof? Hey, hey spoiler <laughs> alert. I'm going to do that story, okay? Okay. 
I'm going to disprove your theory. No, it's on the water tower. <laughs> on the roof. On the yes. roof. Yeah. Did <laughs> right. she wind up in the ceiling? <laughs> I meant the on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> on the upper part. Okay, whatever. The upper part of the building. <laughs> the top level. The tops. Wow. Um, well, both of those are very interesting. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for the unsolved. Look at you. I am impressed. I am mm-hmm. sad. I know. I, unsolves are hard, but I don't like the unsolves. I, I think it's hard. I think it's it's hard it's not difficult. having the answers, but I like seeing everybody's theories. I go off the deep end on Reddit like looking theories at theories all the time. I think it's hard whenever you just don't agree with the official oh, story. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, or like in or my case, yeah. The police, the judge, they all know that these guys are involved somehow, but they can't prove it. Yeah. And without proof and without evidence, like, what do you have? Nothing. Yeah. It's until one of them cracks. Mm. But they're all sticking to their stories. Okay. Do you have a closure for us? Y'all, I do not have a cliffhanger (laughs) for you. This is a A closure. No. No, she's saying she has closure for us. This is an open and closed case. Clase. Clace. A clace? It's a clace. I, like I told you it would be a treat if you saved me to the end and I finished all of my drinks. Anyhow. Anyhow, I can't wait to hear your open and shut case. In the spirit of Halloween, that's why I was checking when this episode was going up. I had to check because I wanted to do like a Halloween themed true crime. Okay. Like Just okay. like my Halloween themed drinks. Yeah. Halloween We're on the same drinks page. It's weird that Lindsay didn't do anything Halloween themed. Do you know what Halloween is? You can't sit with us. Do you want to wear this? You can't sit with us. Was that your black plague? <laughs> it's my makeshift black plague mask. I like yes. it I a lot. It. Thank you. Anyways, yes, we ma'am. are doing Halloween themed. Halloween themed true crime. True crime. This is Halloween. Okay. Everybody make a scene. Fonzie. True crime. Pumpkin oh, <laughs> scream right. in the dead of night. Nope. All right. When we meet again, maybe. And I need you to learn at least part of that song. Will you watch Haunting of Hill House? Or Blind Manor. Blind Manor. You have not already seen it. Stop it. She's seen the Hill House. Oh, I thought you said, so did you like season one? Yeah, so I did. However, I didn't like how there was a whole bunch of family stuff and it touched on like past things. It hit a little too close to home. Same Z's. I struggled emotionally a lot with the first season. Like I was kind of tore up. From the first season. Maybe that's why I think I like second season a little bit better. I feel like season one was very deep. It was. There's it a was. lot of deep themes. You're probably it. not going to connect as much uh, emotionally on second season, but it's still right. very good. So far for season two, I haven't connected that much. Yeah. I'm on episode four. Episode five now. I finished four. Okay. I liked it. <laughs> well, if I watch that, then I would like for you to watch The Nightmare Before Christmas. I can watch it. Okay. I've seen both many times. Oh, good. I was curious. We were going to ask you next. <laughs> have you? Seen, I like what I like. Have you seen The Nightmare Before, before Christmas? Yes, I have. Okay. Yeah, okay. I have. <laughs> I wasn't sure. <laughs> it, uh, coming out soon is my uh, TikTok on where I turn into Jack. Okay. So we are going to talk about Daniel Rowling, also known as the Gainesville Ripper. Gainesville, Florida? Yes. All right. I know of Gainesville, Florida. That's all I know. Okay. Very good. (laughs) Nicely done. Thank you. Thank you. Daniel Harold (laughs) Rowling was born in 1954 in Shreveport, Louisiana. His father was a lieutenant who allegedly abused his wife and children. No. Bad start already. Bad start. 
Yeah, it doesn't really set up for a great future for Danny. No. So he would sometimes run away from his home to try and escape the chaos. As a teenager, he was arrested several times for robberies in Georgia, and he was also caught spying on a woman getting dressed. <gasps> he is into voyeurism. Yes, and a lot more you'll find out. Okay. Can't he was wait. a real jerk. He ended up dropping out of high school and joined the Air Force in 1972, but he was discharged after two years, and apparently his officer told his mother it was because he was, quote, not mature enough and did not have the nervous system or maturity necessary for military life. The nervous system? What I didn't know you could mean? be discharged for that. But for yeah, he wasn't brave enough. enough. You're not brave enough. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's really, that's a sucker punch. Kind of, I yeah. You'll see, I think it might have added to... It's like a hit on the ego. Right, yeah. yeah. Bruised his ego. In May of 1990, Danny got into a fight with his father and he shot him twice. Oh. Once in the stomach and once in the face. Mm. His father ended up losing... And I. <gasps> Wait, he survived a shot to the face? He did. He lost an eye and near. I feel like he Unfortunately, did this on purpose. I did not. Okay. I, that was a fun fact after the fact. <laughs> that was a fun fact. <laughs> and fun fact, he lost an eye. <laughs> and a near. <laughs> Unfortunately. Okay, Danny was wanted for attempted murder in Louisiana, so he fled to Sarasota, Florida. Okay. Sure. That's uh, my favorite town in Florida. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. <laughs> it's very it's, random. Well, it's because it's Sarah. So, Sarah. Oh, so, that's why. Sarah. 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 Hyphen soda. <laughs> Sarah's soda. Oh, <laughs> uh, so in Sarasota. Okay. <laughs> he broke into the home of Janet Drake, raped her, um, but she was able to talk her way out of being killed. Oh, nice job, Janet. Mm -hmm. Snaps for mm -hmm. Janet. Right. Janet is strong. During the attack, Danny wore a mask. So he wasn't able to be identified by right. Janet um, until years, years later when DNA thing, DNA evidence was a thing. I was going to say, what years are we looking <clears> at here? This was in 90, 1990. Okay. okay, yeah. I gotcha. Not quite. We're almost there. We're not there. We're not at the DNA. We are we're on the cusp. We are on the cusp. Of DNA evidence. In August 1990, he went to Gainesville, Florida. Gainesville. Lindsay knows where Gainesville is, <laughs> she told know. us. I do know. My... <laughs> My family lives in Florida, so I'm uh, okay. familiar right. with the Florida cool. area. Cool. This is where the University of Florida is located. Yes. <laughs> he set up a campsite outside of town, 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 and this town. is where he lived because, you know, he didn't have money or a job or anything that could bring in income. So he camped. Why On not? August 24th, he took a pistol and his hunting knife with him, and he broke into the apartment of Sonia Larson and Christina Powell. They were roommates and first-year students at the college. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. After he broke in, he murdered Sonia first. He covered her mouth with duct tape and stabbed her in her sleep. Then he went downstairs where Christina was asleep on the couch. He raped her before killing her, and then he cut off her nipples. Mm. Yeah. It was also noted that her shirt had been cut off of her and her bra had been forcefully removed. Like, by a hand. Like, pulled off of her body. Mm, that is scary. Okay. After he was done, he posed both of the victims in sexual positions. Nope. This was done to degrade and humiliate the victims, and also to shock and alarm the investigators for when they showed up at the scene. Nope. Don't like that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. He then cleaned the crime scene, took a shower, and then left the apartment. Christina's parents were planning on visiting their daughters 
their daughter in their new apartment, uh, but they were unable to get a hold of the girls, either her or the roommate. So they just showed up as most parents would do. Oh no. Unfortunately, they got to the apartment where there was no response. So they contacted the apartment complex. The apartment complex then contacted the police. Once the police arrived, they found the bodies inside of the two young girls. Okay, so the parents didn't find her. That's what I was worried about. The door was locked, so the police found them. Okay. That so, is one blessing, probably. Maybe. Still awful. I mean, still horrible, yeah. but at least, yeah. like, they the didn't parents walk aren't in, finding so, it. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally with it. News broke in Gainesville about the murders, and everyone was panicked, obviously. But they barely had any time to react because the next day, another body was found. And it was the body of Krista Hoyt. She was an 18-year-old college student, and she was reported missing after she didn't show up to her shift as a clerk at the sheriff's department. She was found in her apartment in the early morning hours on August 27th. This scene was pretty gruesome compared to the first one. He apparently had broken to her apartment through the back door and waited for her to arrive home. Once she was in the apartment, he attacked her and put her in a chokehold. Once she was subdued... He taped her mouth and bound her wrist, carried to her to the bedroom, cut her clothes off, and raped her. He then forced her face down and stabbed her in the back, rupturing her aorta. Mm. He then cut off her nipples and decapitated her. What is it with this guy and nipples? That's why I keep mentioning it, because it's like his... It's like his signature. Yep. Does he make a nipple belt? I don't know. I don't think he got that far. I'm sure he would have. Because he's a weirdo. And that's not a weird question. It's an Ed Gein thing. Thank you. Yeah, I know who you're It's a reference. Don't give me that look. Ed Gein did that. He made multiple furniture pieces. (laughs) I'm looking at her because that was the first thing she thought of. I think. I think they all take trophies. collecting nipples. Yeah. It was a very bizarre thing. I think he wanted to be famous Mm -hmm. like that. So that's probably why he was doing it. But we'll never know. That's disgusting. Um, So after he... Cut off her nipples. He also decapitated her. Jeez, dude. He put her head on a bookshelf, which then faced her body that he propped up on the side of a bed. Oh my gosh. So it was sitting up on the side of a bed as if it was looking at her own head. So gruesome. Wow. So graphic. Very intense. That's He's got got some problems. He needs Mm -hmm. to see somebody about that. Right. Yeah. Just a few things. Yeah. So that same night... That wasn't enough for him. Mm-hmm. So August 27th, the same night that Krista's body was found, mm. he struck again. Jeez, dude. He has no time between killings. I know. It takes a lot of energy, I feel like. Yeah. This time, he broke into the apartment of Tracy Paulus and Manuel Taboda. They were both 23 years old. Danny Rowling stabbed Manny as he slept approximately 31 times Jeez, in the kill. face, neck, abdomen, arms, and legs. There were clear defense so wounds on body. Manny. Huh? So yeah, the whole body. His whole body. <laughs> and they say it's probably because Manny was actually like very big guy. He was well built. He was a football player. And so Danny had to kind of, you know, strike when he was at his most vulnerable. So right. there were very clear defense wounds on Manny's body. You know, he had his arms up, so there was gashes on his arms. But basically, you know, he couldn't he couldn't stand up to the knife, right. unfortunately. Tracy heard all the commotion, and so she walked in during the attack. Then she ran into the bathroom when she saw what was going on, and she locked the door. But Rowling was able to break the door down. He then raped her for hours before killing her with three stab wounds to the back. 
Both of their bodies were discovered the next day and noticed, and the police started noticing many similarities, including the fact that her clothes had been cut off forcibly from her body. Did he take her nipples too? He did too? not on this one. Interesting. Oh yeah. my god, Lindsay, you can't just ask those questions. <laughs> you said it was a signature, so now right. I'm I, I was expecting that question because they actually made a point to say that he did not on this one. So everyone in town, you know, they hear about this and they're completely panicked. Police sure. are actively looking for a murderer. They're trying to put a face to this name, like, we need to solve this crime, you know, right. feeling a lot of pressure. Right. So they were focused in on a man named Edward Humphrey. He was a 19-year-old. And had a history of manic depression and also was recently arrested for assaulting his grandmother. Rude. Mm. He also happened to live at the same apartment complex as some of the victims. Oh. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. convenient. Right. So his bail was set at $1 million. He would eventually be serving 14 years before he was exonerated. So the only evidence they had was that he lived in the same apartment complex. It looks suspicious, yeah, on him. That and was that lot. he had a mental health history. Right. He was That's acting weird. So sad. Yep. And even his own grandmother was, like, not wanting to press charges. But the police Jeez. were like, we need to figure this out. You look like you fit the bill. You know. You know how that goes. That's so sad. I don't want to press charges. So you want to press charges. You're going to press charges then. So he killed other people. No, that didn't happen. He was with me. We were eating popcorn. No, he killed people. Yeah, that's how it goes. They they wanted to find somebody for the public. Yeah. Danny continued robbing because that's what he knew how to do, robbing places. And on September 7th, 1990, he walked into a supermarket, waved his pistol around, screaming, this is a robbery. Get your money out. Did I sound scary? You did. I was very terrified there for a second. (laughs) This is a robbery. That's what I sound like. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. It's me. I'm here to rob you. So (laughs) police responded fairly quickly. Get your hands up. With uh, a finger gun. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Me rubbing a bake. Hey, guys, it's me. Pew, pew. Have you heard of the tipsy ghost? Pew, pew. <laughs> We're very um, scary. Here's here's an idea. Maybe if either of you rob anything, please don't bring up the tipsy ghost. Uh, I will not. Okay. Good idea. If you Good insist. Idea. Only because you said so. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> also, you know we'd make the worst robbers out there. <laughs> I'd be like, oh my gosh, are you okay? I'd be like, oh, d- did I mess something up? Is everything okay? What did I do wrong? <laughs> Please tell me I'm doing a good job at robbing <sighs> this bank. It's hard to be me. Lindsay wouldn't get out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> you mean I have to confront people? I can't do that. <laughs> I didn't even oh tell gosh. the waiter tonight to, to split, split our bill. bill. If I would have known that, I would have asked him. For God's sake. Sarah hands me her credit card and she's just like, here whenever he comes, because she was like ready to go. And he gives me the bill and it's me and Sarah's together. <laughs> and so I just hand him her credit card and give her $10 cash. And she's like, just what? Fine, but I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> she's like, why didn't you just tell him to split the bill? Boys and goes, Lindsay won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Next time. Now I know. I'll, I, I will ask him. I won't. I won't talk to the <laughs> waiter <laughs> i'm sure he wouldn't have cared i know he wouldn't have cared but i feel like i'm inconveniencing him and i can't do that all right i get that now i yeah, get that now it's my enneagram nine okay well you also probably shouldn't rob a store no i would be a terrible robber <laughs> all right so they they uh found, the police found out that he was there yes back yeah. to the story <laughs> yeah. so they responded and took him into custody weird uh it was then that they realized he fit the profile that was created during the murders by the fbi which P.S. I love FBI profile profiler. Love a good, so cool. love a good profiler. He was profiled before he was he as white male controlling loner. Boom, 
nailed big ones right there. Boom. I mean, that's a lot of people. Uh, maybe, yeah. But there were a lot more. Those were the big ones. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, those are, the, those are the ones I found important. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. After okay. his arrest, the killing stopped. <gasps> Amazing. And during the bank robbery investigation, they found his campsite, which had evidence that tied him to the murders, including a cassette tape of his own voice that referred to his plans on how to kill people. Uh, never record yourself <laughs> talking about killing people. So many problems. And DNA evidence, including semen, which would eventually confirm his involvement in the murders. What about the nipples? <laughs> they never said what happened to the nipples. I wonder what he did with them. Police in Louisiana, remember that's where he was from. Yes, Shreveport. Mm -hmm. Caught wind that a guy that they had been looking for on attempted murder charges about his dad was under arrest. So they told the Florida authorities they had an unresolved triple murder from November 4th of 1989. So flashback. Right. That looked very similar to the murders that Danny Rawlings was being accused of. So plant that seed in your mind. Got it. Okay. Here we go. In February 1994, Danny pled guilty to five counts of murder for the Gainesville murders. Okay. Florida. Right. Three counts of sexual battery and armed burglary. Prison for life. Yeah, he ain't going anywhere. The weird thing about him is that during his confession, he told police that he would only talk to him via his cellmate. So what? he would talk to his cellmate and his cellmate would talk to them. Why? They think it was because it was a control factor. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It's kind of how he was. And that was also one of the profiling situations. He was always wanting to He wanted control. to dictate how things were going to go. Yeah. Okay. And they think it kind of, you know, led back to his abuse as a child. Sure. And sure. then also at his anger about, towards his mom. Right. Because his mom didn't protect him. Why is it always got to fall on the mom? The mom didn't abuse him per se, but she didn't protect him. And he hated women forever. That's what they said. All right. So during this confession, he also refused to talk about the murders of the Grissom family from Louisiana. Okay. He was not having it. Uh, it was another attempt for him to try to control the situation. But after he confessed everything, he was sentenced to death. Oh, okay. Yeah. While on death row, I found this interesting, so I had to include it. He sold paintings and wrote a book. And then a Florida judge ruled later that the state could seize all profits from the book, invoking the Son of Sam law. He wrote a book? Mm -hmm. Okay, they said he read a book, and I was like, good for wrote. him. <laughs> wrote a book and was making I profits. Read, like, three books <laughs> a week. Good for you. profit off I of know. killing people. Thanks to the son of Sam Law. So, so was it invoked. a book he wrote about his own killings? Yes. Mm. Two, actually. Mm. What a turd. Even weirder, and this is where we're tying into the Halloween theme. Okay, this is where we're coming full circle here. I've been wondering where Halloween here we go. comes into this. Wait for it. In the early 90s, screenwriter Kevin Williamson used the case as an inspiration for a screenplay where a series of murders in a college town and the search for killers. That screenplay would eventually be turned into the 1996 movie Scream, a Halloween classic directed by Wes Craven. Classic. I love that movie. It is a Halloween classic. It, yeah, I guess I never would have thought of it as a Halloween classic, but it is a classic horror movie. I thought it was a Halloween classic, and I thought it was cool. I love that movie. <laughs> so, I... Uh, uh, <laughs> cool, cool. Anyways, pretty crazy. I didn't really know that that movie was based loosely off of those murders. Yeah, there's no no cutting off of nipples and screen. That's why I said loosely based. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
number Maybe five's coming out. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even know they were making a time. fifth, but now apparently they're making a fifth scream, y'all. After 12 years on death row, Danny Rowling was put to death by lethal injection on October 25th, 2006. His final words were in the form of a song, a gospel number. And on here, I put, play YouTube video. Oh, no. Wait, I want you to sing it. <laughs> Please. <laughs> what song is yeah, it? I yeah, might be yeah. able to sing it. No, no, I don't think you do. Okay. Let's see. I like it because it... Is this him singing? Yeah. reached out to say I love you, but it was hard to say. They're like Rawlings talking. He's like, he really is feeling himself in those moments. Oh, that made me really uncomfortable. Right? I know. I thought so too. They're like telling him to stop singing. Yeah, no, he was really feeling it. He thought the, the man's about to die. The narcissism just really shows through, I think, in that moment. Anyhow, I thought I'd play that for you. <laughs> Eventually, his mic was muted. And the drugs entered his veins, and he died a very peaceful death, unfortunately. We wanted him to be a little bit more painful and drawn out, but it was very peaceful for him. His spiritual advisor said that before his execution, um, he confessed to the murders of the Grissom family 17 years earlier. Of Mm -hmm. course he did. So, he admitted that he was responsible for their murder, um, and it was that of William, 55, Julie, 24, and Sean, 8. He broke into their apartment, stabbed them to death, and Julie was raped and bite marks were found on her breasts because that's his trademark. And that is the story of the Gainesville Ripper. He sounds like a terrible person. Giant jerk. Terrible person. He's the worst. He's gone now. Yeah. Sorry for the downer. (laughs) I mean, true crime is always a little bit of a downer. Yeah. Nailed it. So thanks so much guys for tuning in to our true crime episode. You can always find us on the Facebook and the Twitter and the Instagram and the YouTube at the Tipsy Ghost. And you can always email us your stories of I mean everything. We'd love to hear it all <laughs> at the tipsy ghost at gmail dot com. Well maybe not at all. But most I mean, things. yeah. You can always email us. One of us will email you back. Sure. Sure. Why not? Um, please join us on Patreon. Yes. Just five, ten, maybe twenty dollars a month. Uh-huh. Really helps your girls out bring you some more ghost hunting content. You know, you can find us at patreon.com slash the tipsy ghost. Also please give us a five star rating and a great review on Apple Podcasts. And <laughs> election day is coming up. Please Go vote. Vote. Nice plug. Vote, you vote, right. vote, vote, vote. That's right. Votey, vote, 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 vote. Oh. Vote. <laughs> I, got, I got nothing. <laughs> Go vote. She's just pointing fingers. Finger pointing. Pew, pew. All right, guys. <laughs> we will catch you guys next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Tipsy Ghost. Okay, okay bye. 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 bye.